The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about?、Uh, the room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute twenty-two in which Johnny buys flowers and Denny bothers to ring the doorbell before being creepy this time. Yep. But yep, first yep. up, I promised the story about the dog last minute. Uh, after several rehearsals and several takes,、uh, and after each one, Tommy asking to see playback, only then did Tommy notice the dog sitting on the counter. Now, this bit is directly from the disaster artist. He says, "Before running the scene one final time, Tommy wanted to talk to the flower shop owner about her dog. So cute," he said as he patted the dog. Hopefully, he doesn't bite me. My God, I think the owner somehow misinterpreted this as Tommy wanting the dog out of the next take. Well, she said he's actually really old now. He just sits around. He won't bother anyone. He kind of rules over this counter. Tommy nodded, smiling, still gazing down at the motionless little dog. So, is it real thing? The flower shop owner looked at Tommy uncertainly. I'm sorry, she said after a moment. Your dog, Tommy said unfazed. Is it real thing? Yes, the woman said finally. My dog is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Was he asking, "Is it a lie?" I think so. Yeah, which is actually really funny. When I was preparing my notes for this minute, because I noticed the dog's on one side of the counter, right? The second owner of the store is at the other end of the counter, and I swear she doesn't move. <laughs> like she's just sitting at the. It's like they're matching statues at the sides of the counter. So they're lucky he didn't ask if the person was real. Yeah. Do you guys remember the fur real friends <laughs> where it was like F U R, and it was like these fake animals. But they seemed like real or whatever. Yeah, they look like real ones. Yeah, this movie was made during their heyday, so she should have <laughs> just said, "No, it's a for real pet." <laughs> it's not real. It's fur real. Oh hi, Kevin. Oh hi, Robert. Oh hi, Kevin. <laughs> hi. So this minute, I'm really excited to be here for it. Okay, good. Because、uh, excited to have you. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the room is. I always tell people if they ask me my favorite movie, the, I tell them the room is my favorite movie. <laughs> No question, and、um, this scene is actually the scene that was like my gateway into the room because I don't know, but you guys are probably familiar with Tim and Eric. Awesome show, great job! But they had Tommy Wiseau on an episode, and this scene is actually in that episode.、Mm. And I saw that episode and thought that I saw this scene. I was like, "Holy shit! I need to see this movie. This is amazing. This is like the best thing I've ever seen." And it lived up to the hype. So I'm pretty pretty excited to be talking about it. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Now, so what actually happens here is yes, Johnny goes into the store. He last minute asked for a dozen red roses. How much is it?、Uh, now the florist tells him it's eighteen dollars. It'll be eighteen dollars. He gives her I don't know a twenty maybe because he says keep the change. Keep the change. He pets the dog. Hi doggy. And we get some great line reading from the florist saying you're my favorite customer. You're my favorite customer. Which sounds legit since she didn't recognize him last minute. Yes. She probably just says that to everybody. Probably. I think that we're onto something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're on to you, anniversary flowers owner. <laughs> 
which doesn't exist anymore. No, it's like a cafe. I mean, it seems like it's ADR line, right? Every a lot of the line. dialogue was ADR for this yes, yes, movie yes. because yeah. the sets were built in the parking lot and in the studio at Burns and Sawyer, which wasn't necessarily set up for that. It's right on a major street, and then this is the actual location. I don't know how busy this street is, but actual location in San Francisco, so you get some noise. Yeah. So for some reason they decided to add in this line at the end, like after the fact, about him being her favorite customer. I don't understand why that's necessary to be in there, but I'm glad it is. Maybe she just went with it because she's like, how do I leave my mark on this scene? (laughs) You think that's actually that same woman's voice? I didn't even consider that it was. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd have to study, like, is, are all of her, do all of her lines sound the same? And if so, does that mean they're all hers or all someone else's? Yeah, it could all be just ADR someone else. Yeah, who knows? Because she's just got the two lines. Because she's not a professional actor. She just owns the shop. Yeah. And not only is it ADR, but it's all very fast. Oh, this scene. Yes, there's no breathing yeah. room between the lines. I mean, we'll come back to it again later, but th- that's why at midnight screenings, this scene, everyone gets quiet. Because if you aren't quiet, you will miss this scene. It's just rapid-fire dialogue. Unconnected things that they're saying. No one no one is responding to anything else that anyone else is saying. It's just like a dozen red roses. A dozen red roses. Hi, Johnny. Oh, I didn't, it's, uh, it's you. I didn't know it was you. You're my favorite customer. It's like Everybody's just saying random things to each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's just another example of how strange this movie is, and I love it. Yeah, it's like yeah, after when... he left, she says bye bye. Bye bye. He's already to the door. Poor dog who looks like he's dying. <laughs> well, he is. He's old. <laughs> the dog. You might have noticed it was weird. Uh, just I think it was yesterday. Johnny carries the flowers upside down. He does. You're right. Oh I yeah. And I and I don't know if that's is that a thing. I'm mean, like. The only time I ever see flowers upside down is when someone's like drying them to put on display later, you know, because you want the color to stay in them. But he carries it. When he walked out of the store, I'm like, why does he have a bag? And I realized, no, he's just carrying the flowers upside down. He's an alien. And he's holding them like that when he gets home, too. He's That's just nothing he does makes any sense. And that yeah. is just one of them. I guess he thought if he held them upright, it would block his face from the camera. <laughs> that sounds like Tommy logic, yeah. He's trying to do as the humans do. He's like, this is how mm-hmm, the human mm-hmm. is right? Upside down. Yeah. 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 You see a dog, you pat it, you have flowers, you just hold them the best way to not cover yourself with them. I mean, it would be a sin, like a crime if we couldn't see his beautiful face, you know? Thank God he held yeah. them upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's symbolic of his, like, dying feelings for Lisa. Ooh. I'm sure that's it. This is actually, in a way, one of the... This is going to sound weird considering what we just said about the dialogue. One of the better constructed sequences in the movie, because we get an establishing shot of the outside of the store of him arriving. He walks in, does his business, walks out, and we get another establishing shot as he goes back out to his car. It's like a complete little sequence all in itself with entering and exiting properly. That's a good point. It is a sequence you can follow and at least like from start to finish and kind of make sense of in that way. Right. Nothing walks into the middle of it and does something weird. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. And anything else about the florist shop? I mean, I, we're, we started that scene last minute where it's so fast, it's over pretty quickly in this minute. Yeah, just it's very ADR, very clearly ADR, very fast. It's like, how much is it? Price, keep the change. Hi, doggy. Bye. Like, it just happens so fast. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 You're my favorite customer. It's one of the most, like, the clearest instances of their dialogue not lining up with their mouths at all. Just the whole thing is 
it's insane. It's it's one of one of my absolute favorite parts of this movie. It's because it's the the most like just out of touch with humanity that this movie gets. And yeah. I'm saying a lot. It's just like these. There's this is nothing like a normal human human interaction. No part of this is like any human interaction. Yeah, I've said before, like when the movie came out and there were billboards around LA. I remember the billboards, but I had no idea what the movie was. Mm-hmm. I think I assumed it was a horror film. I first knew what it was when Cinema Sins did like everything wrong with the room, and then I looked up other stuff, and there were videos of just scenes like this on YouTube. And I'm just like, I need to see this entire film now mm-hmm. <laughs> when I watch this scene. <laughs> Like the, you're tearing me apart, Lisa scene that's coming later. You know, and it's just, it was something that had to, it had to be done. Yeah, I, I felt the same when I saw this scene in that Tim and Eric episode. I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta see this movie. Mm-hmm. And it not only lived up to my expectations, but blew them away. I've still never seen anything even remotely like The Room. And it's, it's something special. Yes, that's a kind way to put it. <laughs> something special. <laughs> I mean, I've seen tons of bad movies. I love bad movies, but. The way that the room is bad is so like unique and different. It's like no other bad movie gives you as clear a window into the insanity of its director as the room does. I don't think, and it's just we get such a clear idea of who Tommy Wiseau is through this movie, and that's kind of why I love it so much. I can think of a couple that sort of do, but they also they do what a lot of bad movies do. And we can talk about this on Friday's episode, where the middle gets really boring, and this movie doesn't have that. Yeah, and so it's a lot easier to watch. Mm-hmm. Because there's new characters coming in out of nowhere, a few of them. Constantly, yep. And so, okay, Tommy gets his flowers, and we cut back to the apartment with Lisa coming out of somewhere. This is what got me obsessing about this apartment this week, because I assume that's the kitchen, because she does bring her their drinks from there in minute 24. This apartment is really, really small. This is what I figured out this week. And I'm pretty sure it might be a hexagon, (laughs) which is what's even weirder. It's a hexagon with a kitchen attached to one corner because things are very close to each other. In this one room, there's a small table with two chairs, at least two cushion chairs, and a third in some scenes. A sofa, a coffee table, a fireplace, a table with a TV on it, which is behind one of the chairs, the spiral staircase, a narrow CD rack, a few wicker boxes for, like, you know, decorative things, at least two lamps, and Tommy Wiseau's ego. Oh, it's Tom. a very full room. <laughs> His ego <laughs> takes up most of the room. <laughs> Weirdly, the shape does kind of fit the bedroom upstairs, which barely has room for the really big bed. Yeah, it was small. However, in San Francisco, just guessing size of this room, because it's maybe like 25 feet at its widest point, puts it, I was doing really quick rounding math in my head, at like maybe 1,500 to 3,000 square feet. And I think I'm being generous, which in San Francisco is, oh, where'd I put, where'd I write down the rent? Um, it's probably at least two, three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, San Francisco is expensive. Maybe more. Also, if it is a hexagon, which is hard to confirm the way the camera moves around in this movie, it does not belong in the building they show outside. <laughs> <laughs> at all. I'd note real quick, I, hopefully you guys, that hammering isn't too loud. I think my next door neighbor's hammering something. Sorry about Don't that. Worry. Not something I have control over. It's fine as long as we only hear it like in between talking. It's easy to silence later. Yeah, I've I've, I've dealt with I've dealt with recording through construction before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a podcaster myself, so it's something I'm. Used to. Yeah, Rob will tell you. I had a 
I was having a panic attack earlier being like, there's construction outside. And it was like two hours before recording. He's like, don't freak out. <laughs> Maybe it'll stop. Yeah, I'm hoping it stops soon. I just, I, I just got home and this, whatever this guy's doing, he's hammering something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, one more note on the apartment, of course, or the door from the kitchen and the door from the entrance both swing the wrong way. They should swing into a corner, but they swing the other way because it blocks the view outside. Ah. Because, like, literally their front door, you can see the parking lot to Burns and Sawyer when it opens. Um, so they have to have it swing the wrong way so we don't see that. Interesting. That never even occurred to me. You know, when I watched this scene, I just for some reason assumed that she was coming from outside, but obviously that's not the case and she's on the phone, but... Yeah, it, well, it's a different door. The yeah. door to outside has little windows at the top of it. There you go. Okay. This one is a cleaner door. Just because it looks like there's light that I thought was sunlight coming from the outside. But yeah, there's no way she's coming from outside because she's on the phone. Well, this is also weird because if I'm right about the set being a hexagon, the doors are like maybe five to ten feet apart. We just never get a shot with both of them. So they feel like they're on opposite sides of a room. <laughs> but I think they might be almost in the same place. Lisa is, of course, ordering pizza. Yes, she lists the phone number as 555-4828, which is a common movie trope to five five five. And I used to have a huge problem. Well, oddly enough, if you Google 555-4828, there is a phone number that is 555-4828. It's a, I think it's an 800 number that goes to a business. Well. Oh, okay. I wonder how many calls they get <laughs> about the room. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, 555 numbers are generally not real. They don't work. And it used to totally take me out of the movie. And online, it now says 555 is an exchange number commonly thought to be reserved by the phone companies for use by TV and movies in order to prevent prank calls to real people. In fact, only 555-0100 through 555-0199 are now specifically reserved for fictional use. And the other numbers have been released for actual assignment. So... Fun fact. And then the toppings, of course. Half Canadian bacon with pineapple, half artichoke with pesto and light on the cheese. Which is going to, of course, lead to a pineapple discussion. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, unless we're all in agreement, you know, maybe we, we, this is just the right set of people and we have no debate. Yes, on the I pineapple. I don't feel strongly. I don't feel too strongly on the subject. It's not my favorite, <laughs> but I would not, you know, say no to it. I literally get pineapple on pizza every time I have pizza. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the other toppings will change, but there's always pineapple. Oh, it's yeah, it's not something that I would ever order myself, but if it's around, I'll eat it. It's but no, it's not. I'm I'm probably on the other side of the fence. Not a fan. Pineapple on pizza I, I, is very good. It's just very sweet. It makes it real, you know. It it adds a sweetness that I don't necessarily want on my pizza. But you know, what's this piece is in this pizza she orders is interesting for me because when I go to like um what's it called around here Pizza Rev or Blaze where you get to like pick the toppings for your pizza mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the other parts of the country but in California at least yeah we have that in my part I'm in San Diego we have those here too well that's California still I'm, I don't listeners might be ah uh, but a place where you can like go order your pizza and you pick all the toppings I'll get artichoke and pineapple and spinach like that's my go to three toppings then I'll mix up whatever's with them. Like different cheeses or whatever. But so like this, I'm like, I want half, part of the half and part of the other half because I don't necessarily care for pesto and I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not having bacon or Canadian bacon. Yeah, I'm fine with pineapple. And usually when people debate it, I'm like, if someone wants pineapple on their pizza, let them have pineapple on their pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, don't put it on yours. Yeah, I don't, it's another one of those stupid debates that people always have on the internet. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah, because then, then I'm like, you know, tomatoes are fruit too. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's poison. Tomatoes <laughs> are poison. 
if we get anything straight here today, it's that tomatoes are part of the nightshade family and you shouldn't eat them. Didn't know that. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> tomatoes are, remember, the night, same family of plants as nightshade, which is poisonous. And is that true? I think it was <laughs> when Europeans first got access to tomatoes, they wouldn't eat them because they thought they were poisonous. I believe that. I might be making that entirely up, but I'm pretty sure I read that in something. Wild. Because they were similar to other plants they had. And persimmons are also in that same family, but persimmons I understand eating because they don't feel squishy and rotten to me. Yeah, but I don't like eating tomatoes like either. Tomatoes. I'm, I'm not, I only have it as, as part of other things like pizza or... Right, tomato you know, sauce. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But yeah, you put tomatoes on the pizza, what's the, was it a margarita pizza that has the tomato slices on top? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. I don't like that, yeah. I love tomatoes. But pineapple's fine. The other problem is that a lot of times, if you order tomatoes on like a sandwich, for instance, they're always mushy and like old and they don't taste good on, at most places where you get sandwiches, so. Yeah. Well, I'm a vegetarian in LA and I don't like eating tomatoes or avocados. That sounds rough. It's problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds hard. Like both of those feel like other fruits that went bad to me. So I don't, I don't like them in my mouth. Somehow, pineapple on pizza has become the great debate of the century. Yeah. Well, literally on Facebook last night, a friend of mine was like, okay, let's get down to this right now. Who here has pineapple on pizza? I'm like, okay, I'm going to be scrolling through your comments. See if Amazon says something good. Yeah. We're talking about this tomorrow. Yes. Somehow, it's become very divisive. But then no one said anything good. I was like, damn it. I don't know. It's Yeah, people latch on to things like that and just take it and run with it. And it is the great debate, but... You know, aside from that, like... It's like, if you don't like it, order your own pizza. Exactly. Or do a half-and-half half thing like Lisa's doing. Yeah. Now, I have one for you. Which one of them is eating which half? Hey, God, that is such a good question. I feel like she's the one with the pesto craziness, and Tommy's probably the Canadian pizza. I actually Hawaiian. thought it was the opposite, because, you know, he, like, he doesn't drink. I was thinking, like, maybe he also doesn't eat meat, and he's, like, really health-conscious. Could be. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Because we don't see them actually eat the pizza. No. We just see them drink. I was thinking maybe the pesto one is Lisa's because it's like fancy schmancier, you know. Seems like, you know, it would appeal to Lisa's tastes more. Maybe, I don't know. That's my thinking. Yeah, he's just, he's just like getting home from work exhausted. He'll eat whatever. So <laughs> she just orders him Canadian bacon and pineapple, whatever. It's basic. Yep. Might as well have gone with like pastrami or not pastrami. What's the meat that people get on pizza? <laughs> Pepperoni? Yes. This is what happens when I've been a vegetarian for years. Pepperoni. <laughs> pastrami. All the meats blend together for me. I've never had pastrami on pizza, but I'll try it. One of those pea meats? I used to like pastrami. I don't know if I ever had it on pizza. Yeah, it's also, I love that they go to the extent to have her order this weird pizza. Like, this is such an unnecessary detail to be in this movie, is that she's ordering a half-and-half pizza with these ingredients that we never even see. Like... Well, and that's in the script. <laughs> I, I bet it is. I mean, the, the specific order is in the script. Surprise me at all, yeah. Those are. It's insane. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just need to make sure that Tommy needs to make sure that he gets, like, that people know this, this is the type of pizza that I like to order, or this is the type of pizza that our characters like to order. It's going to somehow say something about them. Chris, then, I don't, we don't get to the drinking till next minute, right? But yeah. in, in the script, she gets him chocolate to drink first, and then brings out the alcohol. And I'm like, I don't think chocolate, whether it's chocolate milk or hot chocolate or whatever, goes with pizza very well. <laughs> yeah. So we know what Tommy Wiseau likes to eat and drink, I guess. <laughs> or what he thinks people like to eat and drink. What he thinks humans like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
humans order complicated pizza. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> half and half, four toppings. The Martians told me that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not from Mars. He's from so much farther away. <laughs> and then Denny rings the doorbell. And he's not at all weird this time. Oh boy! Just no, kidding. not at all. Oh, he's boy. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Though a lot of the sound is done as ADR and everything else, we do get street sounds when the door is open. I don't know if they added that because they want to suggest their doors at the front of the building, or if it's the actual sound. Interesting that I, I wouldn't think that they would add that in post, but right. So it seems like it's the sound they picked up when they opened the door and they never fixed it. I wouldn't put it past them. There are a lot of things they did in this movie that I wouldn't think they would do. Well, yeah, they added sound. I don't know if they took anything out. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Denny, of course, we've mentioned before, uh, this would have been his first scene. And in the script, he is Billy, Lisa's obnoxious brother who was a homosexual. He is no longer that. But that will come up again in the dialogue because when he says, when he does get creepy and says, I'm just kidding, I love you and Johnny, in the script he adds, but especially Johnny. Oh, really weird. That's really weird. It doesn't surprise me. He seems to have kind of a crush on Johnny. He always seemed that way to me. Even in the movie, yeah. But yeah, he opens up the door. Lisa's there. He says, you look beautiful today. You look beautiful today. Can I kiss you? Can I kiss you? And Lisa says, you're such a little brat. You are such a little brat. And then he does that classic thing that you do when you get denied. You say, you're just kidding. You're just kidding. Mm-hmm. It yep. was a joke. It definitely played <laughs> he like He said, I'm joke. just kidding. I love you and Johnny. I love you and Johnny. Just kidding. I love you and Johnny. What a <laughs> statement. <laughs> but especially Johnny. Yeah, Denny just coming in and being a super creep. Man, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, what is what are we trying what is he trying to convey here even? Just that this is how children behave or like that Denny's a horny kid. I don't even understand why this is in here. Why do we need to know that Denny wants to kiss Lisa? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I guess it, it figures in later when he says that he's in love with her, he has a crush on her or whatever. It, yeah, so they can set up of this heart-to-heart conversation where that makes Johnny seem like a great guy. Yeah. Who will have that talk with him without, like, judging him and everything. So it's a nice setup. Yeah, that's true. That is that is something they do follow through on. Lisa's response, it, she says, okay, and then, okay, Johnny's going to, and the, min- the minute ends, but uh, the line is slightly different in the script. Lisa, with the sigh, not a sigh, Thus I. Everybody loves Johnny. Oh, okay, Johnny is going to. So, but she added, like, that's not in the final thing where she says everybody loves Johnny. So, some restraint in the editing for a change. Oh, everybody <laughs> loves Johnny? Yeah. that I can't believe that line is actually in, not in the movie. <laughs> well, they, they, people say it later. <laughs> like other times. It's it's established pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, Johnny's well-loved. Yeah, that's certainly not something that's ever in question, is that everybody loves Johnny. Mm-hmm. They keep telling us what a great guy he is. He's a great guy. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, so so I hear. He's my favorite customer. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> He's everyone's favorite customer. <laughs> so you wonder... Like, how often does he go to the flower shop if he's her favorite customer? Or, or, I don't know. He must be getting flowers for Lisa a lot, I guess. Well, I get the impression from, like, we're 20-some minutes into the movie, he's already come back home twice with gifts. Oh, yeah. He's always bringing her gifts. It feels like he gives her gifts every day. Yeah. Anything for his princess. Anything for my princess. (laughs) (laughs) And so maybe it's flower shop once a week, some sort of dress once a week. I don't know what else he gives her. Some CDs for that CD rack because it needs them. <laughs> it's really empty. 
Pictures of spoons. That's interesting. Whose idea do you think the spoon picture was? In the movie or in reality? Lisa or in the fiction? In the movie. Yes. In the fiction. Oh, he probably brought her really nice frames and she just has been so busy with the competitive computer market. She just hasn't been able to get around to putting pictures in them. And those are just like the pictures that come with the frames, the, the spins? Yes. Well, in reality, that's what they are. So, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> the film that, yeah, that worked too. I did not know yeah, that. They bought frames quickly to decorate the table, and then no one bothered to switch out the pictures. It's really odd that a frame company would put a picture of spoons in there as their default image, but hey, you know, whatever. Usually it's some black and white picture of a kid or a family, but I think this works better because then we'd have even more unanswered questions of who's the kid? Who's the kid in the picture? So it works better for the movie that it spoons, and you're like, well, that's weird, and they're weird, so it works. <laughs> when I don't know if we see it now or later, but that book, the shelf by the kitchen, has a frame that still has no picture in it. So it fits. It, like, he bought her frames as a gift, and she just hasn't used them. Maybe it's because that Johnny's a ghost, and so he doesn't photograph. He's not a ghost, he's a vampire. He's also a But also things. probably doesn't photograph. Yeah. He doesn't photograph. He comes up as an orb. Yeah, they can't have pictures of him, because he never poses. And she doesn't want to take pictures of herself because he's ruined her self-esteem. No, like, when you take the picture, like, he's not there. It's creepy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she just stopped trying. Or he doesn't want to. She didn't want to accept the truth. Yeah, she didn't want to accept the truth that her sugar daddy doesn't exist. No, he's an evil vampire. (laughs) Who will have a flying car later. The mystery of Johnny. Yeah. Before we go for today, I will jump to Notes from a Midnight Screening. Notes from a Midnight Screening. As I said last minute, everyone gets really quiet for the flower shop scene because it is the greatest scene. Uh, people will usually cheer, though, when she says, you're my favorite customer. And as the scene ends, people will scream, Oscar, Oscar. And uh, the last one I went to, someone screamed out, what a fucking visionary. <laughs> <laughs> but then we cut to Lisa and you get booze, of course. When Denny rings the doorbell, someone will be like, Denny used the doorbell? <laughs> really, someone should ask, there's a doorbell? Because <laughs> no one uses it. Yep. People will say hi to Denny, and then the entire time Denny's there, they leave the door open, so people just scream to close the door <laughs> over and over. <laughs> because they don't do it. He just stands by the doorway. He does that later, too, when he comes in to borrow sugar. He stands by an open door. Otherwise, that's all we have for this minute, so... Kevin, if the listeners would like to, I don't know, hear more from you, see more of you, where could they do so? Uh, yeah, I, I host a podcast about Star Trek Deep Space Nine with a couple friends called Reopening the Wormhole, and we are on every, you know, podcatcher, and we're almost done with our show, we're almost up to the last episode, we'd like as, you know, many people to come join us as, as we can get. And that was one episode per episode? We cover the show one episode at a time in random order, we have... <laughs> Six random order. Yep, random order, yeah. We only have six episodes left, so we're getting close to the end, and that's it, yeah. Reopening the wormhole. Find it on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else. But there's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, 
the world would be a better place to live. How much is it? It'll be $18. Keep go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>